Hey everyone, I'm Jordan Steingraber. Welcome to The New Normal, a series of episodes from your friends at Faith Chapel on adjusting as we live surrounded by COVID-19. Many of us have found ourselves in new work rhythms, new family rhythms, and we're all figuring out how we can still maintain friendships. We wanted to have some conversations centered around what we're learning. We don't have all the answers, and even the people we're talking to don't have all the answers, but we hope to learn from each other and grow together. This week, we're diving into the topic of connection. I don't know about you, but I've personally felt a whole range of emotions over the past several weeks, and I've also found myself desiring genuine connection and community. So we're going to talk to some people who have found ways to create that, and in sometimes better ways even in the disruption COVID-19 has caused. One of the things I've discovered in a new way in these weeks is how important relationships are. We were not created to live life alone or in isolation. We were created to be in relationships with one another, to share the highs and the lows of life. So whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I think you'll find yourself encouraged and challenged by what our guests have to share. First up is Rick Henriksen. Rick has been a part of Faith Chapel for years and is currently building a community through a men's small group. He's passionate about people and an all-around good guy. Here's my conversation with Rick. We're just kind of trying to figure out how do we how do we help people? How do we learn from one another to create authentic moments and create connection um, throughout the week? And so I wanted to ask you, what have you been doing um, and and how are you helping create connection just in your life? Because you're a pretty outgoing person. And so um, you know, had a, you've had a small group for a while. So maybe just give us a, a brief synopsis uh, for the listeners, what you're doing, what you're who you are, maybe even just briefly and then. Uh, kind of where, how we got to where we are today. Yeah, personally, we've had, um, we'd started connecting with our kids uh, via Zoom. So we've got, you know, we got a 30-year-old in Minneapolis who's supposed to be getting married in July. Mm. Maybe. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then our 27-year-old, uh, he is in Bozeman, and he's got a five-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And uh, they were actually able to come down last weekend. So that's the first time we've seen oh, them cool. personally since this whole thing started. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And oh, man, boy, we needed that. They needed that because he'd yeah. been asking about coming down. And then our uh, 25-year-old son, he's here in uh, Billings. He works at Costco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been interesting for him. Right. And, uh, and then our 23-year-old daughter who now has a – Seven-week-old daughter, Madison, who you know, um, Madison uh, had her little girl on the 10th of March, her and Sam. And then our youngest daughter, uh, uh, she is here in Billings as well. Uh, Jordan, it forced us to be more proactive in our communication as opposed to just kind of letting the flow of the day. And yeah, let's get out today and we'll go stop by you know, and see Dakota, or we'll have them stop by here and see us. We've had to be far more intentional mm-hmm. about our communication and about getting together because we've still done that with family. Um, and uh, it's it, it has forced that. Yeah. Uh, with our men's group, uh, that has been really, honestly, that has been something to see. We, we've got, we've gotten tighter, I think. Really? Since we've started meeting on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the guys have been really plugged in. There's a, a couple guys that kind of, you know, faded off a little bit. We've been in communication, but I think just the whole Zoom thing wasn't really quite 
they weren't really digging it, if sure. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not quite the same as, you know, one-on-one interpersonal connection, you know, in the flesh. But we have seen, um, I think what I've seen is really more focus in our conversations. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, uh, there's nothing else to do. It's yeah. 630 in the morning. There's nothing else going on in the home for the most part. And we're in our private rooms or, you know, I've got an office in the home. A couple of the other guys do. And it really has. It's it's been very focused communication. Um, I would say for me personally, it forces me to listen more. (laughs) You know, when you're communicating like this, you really have to watch for um, you really have to watch for somebody when they're getting ready to say something. You got to be more tuned into that. Yeah. Or you end up talking over and that's right. my tendency is to talk over, you know, so it's forced, it's forced some of that. So, um, I think that it, it, it really has been, it really has been, uh, it's been, it, it has, it has been a positive thing. I'm sorry to stutter like that, but it has oh, been no, a positive good. thing. I like, I like what you said. If, if you've got any more thoughts, uh, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about growing as a listener and how that's maybe built on the connection because we've, we've, we've observed that in, in multiple, you know, we, we joke about the zoom, the zoom meeting has become its own new social joke, you know, of how to raise your hand, how to talk, you know, thresholds of how many people. Cause I think you're right. When you're in a, a group, you've got ambient noise and you can have all these side conversations, but you put that in a digital space and it just breaks down the entire experience to chaos and it just doesn't work. So maybe talk about how you guys have built on, uh, built on some of those good conversational practices of active listening. You know, maybe even I'd be curious. I, this is a lot. Now I'm the one rambling. Even if it even inv- created space for maybe some of the introverts to have more of a voice in the conversation because of maybe better conversational practices. Yeah. Well, I think the big I think one of the big things that I've noticed is and I've had to work on this in the you know, when we're in the personal setting as well, when we're together physically and it's picking up on the verbal or I mean the verbal picking up on the um, uh, the physical cues. Mm -hmm. You know, you see somebody getting ready to say something. I mean, it's it's kind of obvious. Well, I guess it's not real obvious if you're not paying attention, but you see them you know, a little lean forward, the chin comes out a little bit, the lips move a little and you're thinking, okay, I need to shut up and Mm -hmm. I need to, I need to stop immediately and go, what, what was it you were going to say? And you really have to look for that stuff, which honestly I should be doing, uh, I should be doing when I'm together with somebody as well. Um, so it's taught me to be a lot better about that. And, and I think all the guys are kind of looking for that and we're, you know, we're a fairly you know, I was going to say mature, mature, uh, but we're older, <laughs> maybe not more mature, uh, but you know, thirties plus. Yeah. And there's a couple guys, there are a couple guys in their twenties, but a lot of thirties plus. And, um, you know, you get kind of, you get going along in life and you're married, you got family, you get set in your ways. You're kind of the, you know, if you're a driven, gregarious, outgoing type person, it's easy for you to talk. And um, learning how to um, utilize dead space in conversations mm. by not trying to fill it in, which mm. is 
seriously, it's my tendency, man. I want, I'm uncomfortable with dead space, man. I want to fill that dead space and say something. It's like, nope, just keep your mouth shut and wait for somebody else to talk. Yeah. And I think everybody's kind of, um, I don't know that everybody's adopted that mindset, but certainly uh, we, we, I can see everybody kind of looking for that. Cause when you can see everyone's faces in the group, you, you know, I find myself kind of looking around going, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to see who I'm going to see who it's going to be. Yeah. And, and I think that's good because, you know, maybe somebody else that wouldn't have talked otherwise, maybe they're just as uncomfortable with the silence, but they're not the normal talker. Now they're going to go, Okay, I'm breaking this. This is yeah, yeah. This is this is awkward. I'm going to say something now. So, so that's been so that's been good. I think for for everybody in in our group. That's cool. You you said that you guys you think that this is maybe you know major group stronger was maybe a word you said or at least closer. Do you do you, do you have any um, any way to speak to what has I mean and maybe it's the stuff you've just mentioned. But if you were to attribute it to any specific practical elements, um, would you be able to to say it's because of X, Y, and Z? Because especially as we're looking for, I mean, it's crazy to, to think that in a time of social distan- distancing, where we're all feeling a little bit more lonely, that you could sit here and tell me I am closer with my small group now than I was before. That's Crazy. Like that sounds crazy to me. I mean, it's not impossible, but it sounds like really. So what would you attribute that to? Yeah. Yeah. The question would be, yeah. When somebody says that, that would be my question. Okay. So how is that possible? And I was just, and I was just reading something, uh, yesterday, uh, somebody talking about the, it was in a, it was in a, uh, a reading, a devotional from of all people, a a country singer, Josh Turner, it's a devotional on you version. And I don't know if you're a country guy. I'm a country guy. And, you know, I've read. That's why why I don't trust you. That's why I don't trust you. (laughs) Where were we going with that? I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you just for a cheap joke about country music. Because I'm a sucker for it. Oh, Uh, yeah. How about Josh Turner's devotional? Yeah, he was talking about in this on this particular day, he was talking about, um, you know, if we've never been through the bust, how do we appreciate the boom? Mm-hmm. And he was referring to something he wasn't. I mean, obviously, he's doing well economically, financially. I mean, he's a he's a star, um, but he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about his his personal life and mm-hmm. what he had experienced as a kid and as a young adult and that stuff and how he appreciates what he has now, not uh, from a financial perspective, just from a life perspective. Yeah. And it, I, I guess I I guess if I could equate the the group dynamic to anything, the group dynamic at least being as strong as it was, I would say stronger. We appreciate, we appreciate what we have now. We appreciate that time together because we can't, you don't have it with anybody else. Yeah. So when we know that call is coming, it's been great. And a couple of the guys that, you know, that have demanding jobs, um, one travels, uh, one has a lot of stuff that can draw him away in a moment's notice because of his profession. And, uh, uh, you, they, they have been there more. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there almost every day because they're not traveling. They're not off doing other things. And so, uh, being able to connect with them, them being able to be around and connect more has, has helped. Sure. 
So talk about some of the practicals. What are you guys doing? You, so you talk about Zoom, but you even just mentioned every day. So what what is your what is your group doing? Oh um, yeah, not I don't know about every day, but um, we meet once a week. Okay. Uh, we meet Thursday mornings and we connect at six thirty. Um, uh, I would say, I would say yeah, at least every few days we um, we have uh, we have all of our guys on a text thread. Yeah. And so just like the other morning when we, you know, we finished up the meeting, uh, you know, Brian, one of the guys, he shared a, a dream that he'd been having and just how he would kind of uh, wrestled through that. And, um, you know, the outcome, uh, you know, the result in his personal walk with Jesus and what kind of transpired there. And he was able to share that. And uh, what a tremendous impact that had on us. Mm-hmm. And immediately after, you know, uh, Somebody sent a, you know, we sent a text thanking him for sharing that. And that kind of happens almost every Thursday. You know, somebody shares something, you know, revelatory that they experienced. And, uh, you know, somebody inevitably afterwards, maybe somewhere throughout the day, maybe the next day, hey, thanks for sharing that today. And, um, uh, and that, you know, some of that communication will continue throughout the week. Somebody will add something a few days later. So it's those types of things that are even kind of keeping us connected when we're not, you know, when we're not meeting that, you know, that yeah. particular day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so that's been, you know, so that's been great. And, and again, it's another one of those things where, you know, we're going to see each other next week that those text messages, I think were still happening, but I don't know that they were happening with the, with the regularity right. that they are now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I like I like that consistency, um, and it's even cool to, even to think about that. Some of the guys that maybe couldn't be there before as frequent now have a deeper um, deeper connection. Um, yeah. My final question for you, Rick, would be: Is there anything that you've learned in this season that would maybe help others who are looking for connection, looking for community? How would you encourage um, people right now to? to lean into what's going on and, and to, to build a sustainable community. Yeah. Reach out, man. Be the person that reaches out, become the person that reaches out. Um, if I've been taught anything in my years in, in business and relationships and certainly through our church at faith chapel, um, dude, it's, it's become a person that reaches out because mm. you have no idea how bad, Ooh, You have no idea how bad somebody might need to hear from you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know how I feel sometimes when somebody, you know, does that and I'm not expecting it. It's like, man, that, that felt really good. Yeah. And you just don't know. I mean, and it's something so simple. Uh, You know, our neighbors, um, you know, we've, we've, I mean, even before all this happened, we, you know, we got to know a few of our neighbors so we could connect and help them. And I mean, just something as simple as, Hey, you know what, Marilyn, we're going to the grocery store. Is there anything you need? Nah, you know, and she's, you know, nah, we're fine. We don't mind going ourselves. They're older, you know, um, we're fine. We're going ourselves. We're okay. But thank you so much. And then we get a card from them, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about what great, what great neighbors we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heather and I are looking at each other going, and all we did was ask if you needed something from the grocery store. Yeah. So that tells you how simple the connection, uh, you know, can be, how, how meaningful, I, I guess that tells you how meaningful a simple connection like that can be. Yeah. Um, and, 
you know, I know with our, I know with our groups, uh, with our relationships, just people in general, learning to be flexible. Mm-hmm. We, we have no idea, just like you and I talked about earlier, we have no idea what somebody else is going through. We don't right. know how lonely they are. We don't know how fearful they are. We don't know why they're that way. Uh, just, I need to be more uh, outreach driven, you know, hey, how you're fearful. How can I help? Is there any, mm-hmm. is there something somebody could tell you that would help you with this or share something yeah. encouraging anyway? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as our groups and stuff go, you know, uh, same thing. People don't need a, they don't need a politician. They don't need a theologian. They don't need a counselor. They need relationship. They need a friend. Yeah. And boy, you just, we finally got to have dinner with some friends, uh, uh, one of our couples groups last night. And man, what a, what an appreciation we have for that now. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. can you say? Yeah. What an appreciation we have for that. Next up, we're going to talk to Cece Trawick. She's on the team at Faith Chapel helping navigate connection. She's constantly thinking about how she can connect with others and even help others connect to one another. Here's my conversation with Cece. We're going to pick up partway into our conversation around the topic of creating connection across generations. What are you seeing that's working across generations? Marco Polo's one. Yeah. Um, my, is there anything that you've seen that's been demystified even further for people that just like, hey, this mm-hmm. is so so easy that it's almost impossible not to use? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or any anything that's like, hey, this was a training we did to – to help because that's some of it too is like hey let's just sit down take five minutes walk through it and now Mm -hmm. it's no longer scary to you yeah yeah and um so let me comment there first so i think it's really important so jordan you know you're a whiz at stuff and we depend on you a lot we appreciate you so much and so your five minutes let's go through it in five minutes is probably your grandparents 45 minutes 30 minutes So I think the first thing that's really important when it comes to older people is even changing your verbiage on, Mm. um, I'm going to show you how to do this and we can take as long as you want. You can try. I've had people say, oh, Cece, I'm I'm not going to get on that Zoom thing. They'll call it that Zoom thing. So right then, since I've got a Zoom account on my phone, I'll say, well, I just sent you a link. So if you just click on that link. So I think in, in answer to your question is I would change the verbiage hmm. and then I would provide this real simple way. And then, and, and then I'll say, and I, then I walk them through it on text. So I did that with, um, yeah, I even got to do that. Mr. Fred Nelson, who we all love. I'm like, Fred, go down there, click that, click that. And we just had so much fun. We made it so much fun. Yeah. Um, but I think, only giving them one step at a time, Jordan, whatever you pick is really like, or two, Yeah, you know, you can't send them a tutorial video, right. where they have to watch it. And even better, if you can get to them and walk into their house and create that atmosphere of safety and then sit down and do it with them. So yeah. it's less about what app it is. And it's more about taking that time and also, I, I would caution too that I think with with great intentions, we'll say something like this to somebody that's older. It's so easy. It's going to be so easy, and almost that way puts them on the defense. 
You know, sure. they're saying your easy or Jordan Steingraber's easy is not my easy. Mm. So I think it's a re-education for us. Yeah, that's good. Because I, I think our attempt, I'm just thinking out loud here, our mm-hmm. attempt to make it seem like an obstacle uh, or a smaller obstacle mm-hmm. might make them feel like, well, then if it's hard for me, am I the problem? That's right. Which is such a human thing, right? Like I, yeah. I that's true of even, you know, when you get into fitness for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. if you say, oh man, that, that two mile run, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you haven't worked out in a long time or never, two miles mm-hmm. is going to feel like your mm-hmm. lungs got assaulted with fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's hugely helpful. I think to think through how do we, mm-hmm. um, how do we make their fears, their obstacles valid and step into it's just empathy we step into their shoes and say hey yeah that is kind of goofy isn't it that's kind of tough let's walk through that together i like or that. even or even just to admit yeah i've been learning so much too my brain's on fire so mm. let's do it together you know like yeah. kind of saturated too right now but that's okay we're all in it together and um, yeah. to admit that we're all on a tech learning curve is really helpful I asked Cece to help me navigate a situation in my life on how to create connection with my grandparents who are in assisted living since there have been obstacles uh, around the fact that we can't currently visit. I rambled a lot as I asked the question, and so I'm going to cut out my my portion and jump right to her answer. She responded using her relationship to her own parents and has some great ideas. The best way to connect to them, COVID or no COVID, the best way to connect with them was two ways. Really, the only time that we had success in talking to them was when a family member was there, like your mom, to be that bridge. We never really expected my dad um, towards the end to be able to do that because it was too much a, a stress on him as high tech as we could get. So there always seemed to be a human bridge to that. This is Jordan and Alyssa calling grandpa. Mm. They're, they're, you just need to have someone to walk them into that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that uh, my parents loved the most um, was pictures and one family member, whoever it was, to explain to them who that is. That's mm-hmm. the greatest because it's visual. So it's not mm-hmm. technology, but it's visual. Mm-hmm. And that was probably because they really want to experience, you know, like right now you're in the height of your raising your kids, Jordan. And those are the years that we don't realize, but they still look back to as their best years. And so creating albums or, uh, you know, do it digitally, send it all to Shutterfly, any way you want to do it and letting them look at those over and over again. Mm. Although we might be done looking at them, they're not. Mm. That is such a gift to give them visually. And that's a Mm to connect with them mm. like i like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That... remember that time and let them chime in and hear it again and again and again and again mm. that's cool but i like that idea of if we could figure something out even to get you know there's there are high-tech solutions where it's like a rotating mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just call. we just sent five new photos of mm-hmm. cohen walk or something like that mm-hmm. and then we can talk through that you know because there's so many cloud 
picture displays now. There just is, yeah. Show the pictures. That, that could be really interesting. I like that. I like and that. Any, any good healthcare worker will help you do that. And they're usually in that role for a reason. So even if they were to walk something in or hit the button or because oh, sure. they do have access. I know, you know, Joey as an RN would love to do that and does those extras all the time because, cool. you know, the patient is happier. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, that's a that's a good solution. That's really good. Thank you. Um, one of the questions would be, you know, we talked about you know this uh, the genuine connection mm-hmm. yeah. element, yeah. And so let's let's talk mm-hmm. about depth even beyond mm-hmm. some of the other elements. I think there's there's a craving in all of us mm-hmm. to have you know some laughter, some levity, some mm-hmm. simple connection. But I think there's also some of the loss that we're mourning mm-hmm. can be, we don't have anybody to talk about the deeper things of life or mm-hmm. the struggles or the processing mm-hmm. uh, of even what's happening to us mm-hmm. as, a, as an entire mm-hmm. uh, population. So what have you seen that's creating depth? What are some intentional things, even to use these tools, you know, we can say, Oh, just use zoom, but how do we even get to the depth? Mm-hmm. How do we get to the, some of those um, some places where it's real connection it's it's real processing it's real relationship happening Mm -hmm. regardless of the tech yeah yeah and i do love that you used the word genuine because that is the key right now i think especially for covid you know so the pandemic put the whole world into the same season so to speak ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. talks about seasons right a time to mourn a time to laugh time to live a time to die so this pandemic put us all into the same season for the first time. You know, it's unprecedented. However, in each person's individual season, even a neighbor next to a neighbor, those seasons are very different. You go across state lines and country lines, and the season is very different individually, person to person, even though we're all in the same season. And I think for genuine connection right now, what I've seen is the most important thing is to listen to the season that that person's in, in your life, to really listen to the people around you. There is a huge guilt out there right now. I hear it a lot with women and, you know, I call it the mama guilt. It's just been extended to the mama COVID guilt. Um, that they are experiencing some joy and some reconnection with their kids, or they're thankful that their lives have slowed down. Things aren't on such a rush. And almost every time they say that to me and connecting with them, they apologize or they Mm -hmm. minimize it, or they say, yeah, I mean, actually, Cece, it's, things are going better. And there's like Mm -hmm. crickets, you know? And I say, well, awesome. And what I've said to everybody is the same thing. We will all have bedside days next to people that are going to leave us. We will all hit the limitations of our bodies and find out that they're suffering. We will all lose people that we will love. And so I say to every one of those people that I'm wanting to genuinely connect with, I want you to celebrate the goodness of this time because not to be pessimistic, but there is a season in front of you where you're going to experience loss again, because that's how life goes. And we are mourning 
for those in Italy and New York and places where people just like you and I, Jordan, are sick or have just lost someone they deeply love. I One night I just, just cried myself to sleep just for the world. I just, it came out of nowhere. I was praying and it, I just like had this cry like, ah, oh, that's a mom over there. That's a dad over there. That's a, and I don't know them, but I know them because mm-hmm. they're just like me. Mm-hmm. So that is appropriate, but it is mm-hmm. equally appropriate to be thankful for the joy in this time. Mm-hmm. So genuine connection right now is meeting each person exactly where they are. Well, one of my single moms that I walk life with, genuine connection for her was she had a rent of $1,400 and she lost both of her jobs in one day. So genuine connection uh, was to get her out of that place, get her moved, get her boxed up and put some extra groceries and money in her pocket. And just listen to what it felt like to lose both your jobs as a single mom in a day. Yeah. That's different. Friends, I have two um, seats put out in my front yard right now. They're six to eight feet apart. They both have a little table next to them for the woman's coffee or the neighbor's coffee or whatever. I run in the house and get them. If it's cold, they get a blanket too. And we sit there with our eight feet apart and I'm going to listen if it's a a joyful season for them with no guilt or a suffering season. And I'm to the best of my ability, I'm going to try to help them right in that place, whatever it is, whichever mm. season it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems like a theme, but that was something that came up. One of my other conversations too, was uh, trying to understand. I mean, it's, it's active listening. It's empathetic listening, mm. but trying to understand where are you coming from? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of making assumptions or judgments or, mm-hmm. or or even just trying to move on from the moment to get it done, to check a box. It's just listening and being present. And mm-hmm. I like that. I like that perspective. That's, that's good. Um, how would you encourage people who are, you know, mm-hmm. we've got, who knows who's going to hear all this, right? Yeah. But yeah. how would you, maybe wrap up the conversation. Um, how would you encourage somebody uh, in a any place um, along the way, whether they're feeling lonely or they feel like this is the, you mm-hmm. know, as you said, some people are going, man, this has been awesome for my relationships. I feel mm-hmm. closer to, to mm-hmm. some of my family or closer to some of my friends. Um, how would you encourage people to take their next step with mm-hmm. relationships? take their next step with connection, um, mm-hmm. with depth, whatever it would be. How would you, how would you encourage people to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say to start with the clay in your hand, whatever God has given us, uh, whether we're an introvert or an extrovert, whether we're a grandpa or a 16 year old, God has given us things that we have passionate about that we're passionate about. You know, in my case, it's people and it's connection and it's teaching and it's, um, making sure that people know their great intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started. When a pandemic hits, that's exactly where I'm going to go to. That's where I'm going to drill down. What mm-hmm. can I do now in those ways? Uh, my friend Sandy, she cooks and she cooks and and in a way that loves people. So I talked to her about, Sandy, what if I put together a Zoom so that you can 
you know, teach people how to cook and I'll post you and, you know, budget is important right now. College students are all coming home, just all those things. Um, you know, Jordan, I know used to give guitar lessons. So if you're a musician, maybe you go back to a passion in the past, like, gosh, I just haven't just like picked up my guitar lately and, and like created a new song. Now I'll do that Mm -hmm. with my family. Connection always comes best out of our own mind, body, and soul. We look Mm -hmm. in first and we say, well, how am I doing? David used to speak to his own soul. He used to say, Mm -hmm. why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Right. So you look to your own soul. You love your neighbor as yourself. So God wants us to address self. How is self doing? And just check into those three places. You know, um, get outside, be active as much as you can. You don't have to be a fitness trainer. Just like throw on your favorite sweats and go. Find soul body, soul. Bring in teachers that bring hope to your life, that encourage, that make you laugh. And mind, check out that thought life. Are you being handicapped with fear right now? Is it gripping you? So address that with the Lord. But then out of that, look what's in your hand after you've looked to self and and let the Lord sift you like David says, and then say, okay, Lord, what do I have? What did you give me at this age and this stage? And then do whatever you can to give that away in connection for others and just see what happens. I'm a, I'm a girl that says, I'll just try I'll just throw it out there. And, and if the Lord blesses it, then he blesses it, you know, just let that rock just skip across the pond and see how far it goes, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I would say, don't try to be somebody that you're not just be who God made you to be. You are the hero of your own story. God wants you to be the hero. And I know that because he made us in his image. So he loves us intrinsically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And just go to that passion that you have and then give it away and try to invite other people into it. And when people see us passionate and and it it draws them because it's genuine. Mm-hmm. And that's where connection really happens. Even if they don't get you or understand you, if nothing else, you'll be interesting and you'll inspire somebody for a moment or you'll bring hope because you'll be you'll be acting out of what God has given you to share with Mm. others. And that's connection. Mm. Mm. That's really good. I like that. I like that. Thanks Mm. for sharing that, Cece. Yeah. Anything else that you'd want to add or anything you've left unsaid before we wrap Mm. this up? Yeah. Just my, my final thing would be just please don't be afraid to ask for help in any area, in any way that old adage that there's, um, It's not great English, but no dumb question. You know, that old Mm -hmm. adage that um, this is a time to ask what you need to know about connecting during this time. And just don't don't be afraid to ask. Don't look to your peers and say, well, they probably think I already know that or I should know that or I'm embarrassed that I don't know that. Or will my kids laugh at me or just ask. The risk is you might be awkward for a moment but just become best friends with awkward and ask anyway. Mm, I love that. Best friends with awkward. That's great. (laughs) That's great. Next, we have Larissa Cook and Anna Goldberg. Both of them have been involved with the college age ministry for several years and have stepped up to create an intentional book study with a group of girls, some of whom live around the country. Here's my conversation with Larissa and Anna. You know, everybody's kind of feeling a little bit lonely and craving connection. There's tons of 
content out there and we're creating it right now. But um, when we were talking about how do we create connection um, and how do we help people do that well, um, your group came up and I, and I thought what you guys are doing is super, super cool. Um, and it seems to have some great traction. So I'd love to, to just have you guys kind of talk a little bit about, about the group, um, what it, what it looks like, how it functions, what the engagement has been, and even just your own personal, um, your post, own personal approaches to it and how it's been even helpful for you guys. Gals, excuse me. Yeah, gals. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, so we are doing the book Suffer Strong by Jay and Catherine Wolf. Um, okay. She, have you heard of her, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, we saw her in Catalyst? Yeah. Um, yeah. She had a stroke when she was 25 years old. Um, and so her life was just completely normal. And then one day it obviously totally flipped upside down. Everything was different. Um, I thought it was just kind of a good parallel kind of with what we're going through right now with coronavirus, how lives were pretty much normal and then it kind of seemed like one day everything changed here in Billings and um we're kind of going through our own suffering now and so it just felt like a good um book to go through with friends yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um talk about maybe a little bit so who's who's involved like is this is it only your friend group that's a, a part of the book study? Is it bigger than that? Like, what what does that look like? So we just kind of put an invite out on the College Age Instagram and Facebook page. And we were like, hey, if anyone um, wants to join our book club, please feel free. So um, we we got, like, a lot of people interested in that. But then we also personally texted people and asked them if they wanted to join because um, before this whole Corona thing happened, we were planning on going through a different book. And then um, this whole thing kind of changed our um, plans. So we, we just like left it open for anyone to join any female to join. And then um, also personally invited other people. So lots of different people in different um, places. Actually, we have someone yeah. in Bozeman, we have someone in oh, Boston, cool. Massachusetts, and then wow. the rest of them are here. And there's um, one in Red Lodge. Oh yeah. Wow. And someone in Red Lodge. Um, so yeah. And then I'd say the ages are probably like, like early twenties to thirties. So, mm-hmm. um, like a really good mix of people. Yeah. That's crazy. That's really cool mm-hmm. to see people dive into it around the country. That's yeah. That's really cool. What, what, what have you guys, um, what do you guys notice as far as it building? I mean, there's obviously the content with the book, but what have you noticed even just in the actual creating community, creating uh, connection? Has it, has it been what you expected it to do? Has it exceeded? Has it been worse than your expectations? What, what has it turned out to be? Yeah, I think something that Larissa has mentioned before is that um, we weren't really sure going into it whether this was going to be like a better outcome with people being in the comfort of their home. Would they be more willing to join or less willing? Would it be easier or harder um, to just, you know, pop up on your phone on a Zoom study? Is that less or more attractive to people? Um, And I think we've seen a really good outcome. We started with about 12 people being interested and we kind of thought that's kind of where we would cap it, but we didn't end up really capping it. Um, cause we wanted as many people to join as 
wanted to. Um, right. And we've consistently had about nine people come every week, which is pretty cool. And a few of them yeah. are nurses. And so they've been working, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. With, with the, the content, how do you structure? So one of the things that I've experienced with like group calls um, is how difficult it is to have everybody get to share or be a part of it. So like on a legitimately practical note, you're discussing content and even something about suffering, an intensely personal topic. How have you structured that in a way to, to give people space to communicate like something potentially heavy um, and difficult um, and also in a way that doesn't just get hijacked by the loudest voice and, you know, zoom calls can be incredibly chaotic if they're not organized. So what have you guys done to help facilitate genuine conversation? Um, I think one of the like best pieces of advice I got for leading any kind of a study was to ask a question, but then don't feel like you need to fill the silence if no one responds right away. And so um, I've had lots of practice with that in like live Bible studies and live book clubs person to person, but it definitely is a little awkward on the zoom call. I think when it's just silent and everyone's just (laughs) staring at each other. And so, um, there have been a few awkward moments where, um, we've asked questions and no one has said anything. Um, but we have a couple more awkward over a zoom call for some reason. Yeah. We have a couple girls in our group with some really heavy, um, like suffering situations and, um, we don't ever want to like make them feel like they are required to share that they have to share, but just to create that space for them to share if they want to. And so, um, this book study has been kind of interesting because there's no, um, there's no questions. We found a sure. study guide online, but it's not like reading the book and then answering a few questions. And so we kind of just, um, talk about the chapters, talk about how our week is going, um, ask the questions that we found online and then just kind of leave it open for people to talk and share if they want to. But, um, also just kind of building connection with them so that they feel comfortable enough to share and like not expecting them to share right away um, to like be involved. Like you can come right. to our study and just sit and listen and get to know us. We're not expecting right. anything from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Is, has it been like, as you, as you're going through this topic, like talk about maybe a little bit how, has it, has it been helpful? Has it been um, like, I know when I've, you know, taken on endeavors like that, there's always kind of like, Oh, it was okay. Or man, that was super (laughs) successful or Hey, three people enjoyed it and got something out of it. And the rest were, were, were passive and just watched the entire thing go in front of them. Right. (laughs) So, so what's that been like, like, are people into it? Is it, I, it's, it's so different too, because it's like, Hey, you can just log into a zoom call. Um, Right. You don't have as much of an obstacle like, oh, I'm I've got kind of got a headache. So I'm going to stay home. <laughs> yeah. Excuses shift. Right. Yeah. You are home. There are no right. excuses now. You can't say you have plans. <laughs> right. Like, right. right. Exactly. Some people right. still try to say they have plans. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> really? That's funny. <laughs> That's excuse awesome. is always there. <laughs> um, I feel like it's been really, really good. I feel like now more so people, it is a different like. Um, commitment with being at your house but I feel like it is almost 
more of a commitment. The people that are coming are actually wanting to be there or else yeah. they wouldn't have joined it, which yeah. seems like it would be the same with an in-person study. But I don't know. It is almost more of an obligation to talk when it's on Zoom for some reason. And people do speak up for the most part. There's a few that mm-hmm. will just stay silent the whole time and just listen. But there's some really meaningful conversations that have happened. Good. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has read the book and everyone is engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the girls actually found a podcast by Catherine Wolf that we hadn't heard mm-hmm. of before. And so um, people are actually like doing things outside of our book club. Mm-hmm. So I think it is going really well. And I think people are really enjoying it. Yeah. And it's a really easy read and we only ask that they read two chapters a week and it just, yeah, it's relatable and everybody has suffered, whether their suffering is small or big, um, just kind of talking about how suffering is, I mean, all the same and no one's smaller suffering is less important than the bigger suffering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Are you guys finding personally like, and you know, this might out your group. So if it ends up being negative, I'll I'll edit it out. Um, but like, are you guys finding personally that it's create like for you, does it create connection and like community or does it, does it feel like, um, an obligation for lack of better terms? I feel like when I first wanted to do this study, I wanted to do it originally because I didn't know how long shelter in place would last. I didn't know how long I wouldn't be seeing people. So I didn't want to just be stuck at home with Jake the whole time and like losing my mind. And right, so that'd be awful. It would yeah, be so awful. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> I wanted to have at least one commitment to look forward to for the week. Um and to just like be able to see my girlfriends and be able to laugh and just like be honest and just real about what is happening in life. Um And then honestly, when that first Thursday came, though, I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot we were doing this. And I was like, shoot, it's really nice outside. I just want to be outside and barbecue. And now I have this obligation. And I was kind of honestly bummed. But then after it's over, I feel like that's kind of how it is with all small groups. Once you go into it, maybe you kind of dread going into it. But then once it's over, you're like, Mm. yes, that was so good. Mm. Cool. What about you, Larissa? Yeah, I think... um... I definitely like it because it helps me like keep track of the week. I'm like, what day is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Thursday. Okay. I have something yeah. to do today. Yeah. Um, and especially for me personally, cause I have literally not left my house since March. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've like very um, intentionally quarantined myself and not seen my friends, not seen my family. Um, so this has definitely been something for me to look forward to. And mm-hmm. um, it is a very heavy topic like we talked about the suffering um and especially knowing what some of the girls in our group have gone through I don't always like that's just a lot to carry for someone else so sometimes it is like I don't dread like I'm not dreading it I'm not not looking forward to it but I am like okay this is going to be a heavy Mm -hmm. topic tonight and so I don't know I think we've just had really good conversation and um we always just kind of like, we start by talking about how everyone's week is going and um, how everyone's doing. And that is just so nice to talk to mm-hmm. someone who's not the person you're quarantined with to kind of like mm-hmm. hear how everyone else is doing and yeah. um, to laugh and talk together. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I mean, quarantine has definitely gone on a lot longer than I expected it to. And so I don't know, I've just really enjoyed the Thursday night group and we only meet for about an hour. So mm-hmm. it's oh, honestly okay. not, um, it's not even like a huge time commitment. So yeah. yeah. 
So um, another practical question with that being an hour, do you, do you to structure the conversation a little bit or give um, parameters or is it, does it just happen naturally that it ends at an hour? Um, yeah. What, what do you do to kind of keep it within a time frame? Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's kind of naturally ended. Yeah, it really? is. I feel like we started out with kind of, we kind of go through pretty intentionally of like, Marissa, tell us about your week. Okay, next, tell us about your week. And we kind of go through that. And then pretty much the rest of the time is just spent with, okay, well, on this page, I really like this. And then it leads to other things. And then it is kind of an hour. We're like, all right, well, anything else, guys? And then it ends. Yeah. Which an hour feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. one night we talked about the book for probably an hour and then we stayed on for probably like 20 or 30 more minutes. Yeah, just, and like, just hang out, which talking. is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people obviously can leave sure. um, the call if they want to, but no one has. Everyone pretty much stays till the end and just kind of hangs out. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's even interesting though. I've seen this. Uh, my Harvey had a, had a Zoom call with his preschool, which was maybe <laughs> one of the most adorably also painful <laughs> things to watch. <laughs> oh <my laughs> gosh. Was like, yeah. Like, awkward in every sense, but also really cute. Um, but they, you know, I learned something from it just even in the structure of making, like they made sure they gave every kid a window of time to say, okay, now it's your turn to share. And so even the introvert, like you didn't have to worry about somebody being talked over and some of the kids didn't take very long. It was really quick. Um, and you know, the extroverts took a little bit longer because they just had so much bubbling over, but I like how you guys, uh, you, you know, you alluded to that, Anna, that like there was structure mm-hmm. a little bit just to say, mm-hmm. all right, now you're invited next to tell us about your day, which I think is hugely mm-hmm. important just to give people mm-hmm. a moment to share. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Um, what or how, what or how, um, would you encourage others? How would you like from people who, who are feeling lonely to like, you know, people all over the place, just having different experiences here, but, but taking your experience into account, how would you encourage people? Um, you know, for us, we're feeling stir crazy. I am at least, um, you know, especially as the warm weather's out there, I just want to barbecue and have, you know, tons of people over at my house or like, whatever I like, I'll do anything or just to go sit at a restaurant and hear like noises. Like that'd be yeah. nice. That's, that's, I'll have to do the dishes again. Oh God. Yeah. That struggle is real. Um, so, so how would you, yeah, how would you, how would you encourage others to, to connect and to find real relationships? Cause even no matter where we are, like we all, we all need people. And one of the things that was said early on with, you know, all the, all the processing was what's going to be the emotional cost of loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's real. And so how would you enc- encourage people who are feeling loneliness um, in this time? I think something I heard the other day was that um, it's called social distancing, not social isolation. And so um, we were just asked not to hang out in large groups. We weren't asked to like barricade in ourselves and barricade ourselves in the house and never speak to anyone ever again. And so, um, yeah, this has been a really cool opportunity to be creative with your community. And so if you are feeling lonely, um, reach out to some friends or some people, you know, and just see if they want to mm-hmm. read a book together. And, um, our, like I said, our study is so low key. There's no question. So it literally, I think it takes me a couple hours 
to read the chapter. I read two chapters and I just read both of them at once. Um, but it's so, not like uh, yeah, you said footnote, a couple... though. You're the person who reads for <laughs> yeah, like hours okay, every day. I do. I love to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay, yeah. but it's an easy read. Anna said it was yeah, an easy yeah, read, not me. Yeah, yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's not like a hard theologically like packed. Challenging. It's, yeah. Yes, it's not challenging at all. It's like so conversational and even the topic is like so heavy but they make it so interesting and so um light yes light like I have not cried yeah Yeah. it's not Mm -hmm. it's not a hard read it's so good so Mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be this book like find a book that you've been wanting to read and grab a couple friends and just um go through a book together it doesn't have to be like a bible study where you have to spend you know an hour a day five days Mm -hmm. a week or whatever yeah. Reading your Bible, reading the book, filling out the questions um, that can kind of seem overwhelming. And I know people are dealing with anxiety or depression or even though you have all this time on your hands, it sometimes is hard to like focus your mind and sit down and do that. And so it doesn't have to be um, super challenging. It can be mm-hmm. just so easy. And so I just love mm-hmm. that we have all this technology to like jump on a Zoom call and hang out with our friends um, when we can't be together. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, Anything you like to add? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Anna. Yeah. Yes, I'm ready to add. Um, so, yeah, it, like Larissa said, I think that technology has been, like, the hugest blessing in this time. Um, I think a huge thing that I've learned from this study is that um, suffering is happening no matter what. Like, even it has nothing to do with coronavirus. People are still mm. going through life. Yeah. And bad things are still happening that would have happened with or without coronavirus. And mm-hmm. I think that we, um, obviously we just need to be reaching out to people because we have no idea what they're going through. Um, so even if that just means shooting out a text to a friend or someone that's just on your mind, even as you're like scrolling Instagram or Facebook and you just see someone like reach out to them, send them a message mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, thinking about you or Hey, how's your day? And just making being like super intentional about, reaching out to someone because you don't know what they're going through yeah 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 and not waiting for that to happen to you I know it's easy to be like mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and no one's talking to me but mm-hmm. have you texted your friends or any your family anyone like that so don't wait yeah. for it to happen that's to good. you yeah that's good that's actually been the theme throughout is um this morning the person I interviewed said be the person that reaches out Mm-hmm. and cool. and so I, I just love that that's kind of been the theme is like mm-hmm. yeah taking it like if you're feeling mm-hmm. lonely take the initiative there are people yeah. in in your circle like mm-hmm. they might that be needing thing. it just as bad as you mm-hmm. yeah and just don't have the guts or so be the one be the one to do yeah. it mm-hmm. cool. and finally we are going to talk to josh gilligan josh is always intentional about creating a connection with people even if it's just a quick moment at the grocery store He's been taking initiative with the small groups he's a part of to create consistency as everything else has changed. Here's my conversation with Josh. And you've got, I think, just a really cool example of that through what you're doing with your small group and, and what you already had going. You know, you took initiative and had something. So could you tell tell us what what you're doing with your small group and uh and how that's working, like with those high school students, and even you know you've got your your small group, the couple small groups. So maybe talk about a little bit about both and how you guys are being intentional. Yeah, I 
with our with our high school small group i i think i was a little concerned to have like a zoom with them or have a whatever app you want to use um just because i was thinking gosh they're doing videos for school and maybe this will just be too much just another thing they have in their schedule but using yeah certain apps we've been able to get together on Wednesdays still and it, it certainly looks different than how it used to be but it's been I think they've really enjoyed like I've gotten texts afterwards where they've really enjoyed the chance to get to still meet and I think that they had yearned for that more than I had expected yeah. um, and it and it's just been even though it's not maybe as long as we hadn't met before it's still so good to see each other's faces and still remember like oh there are still people out there right. <laughs> that we care about and they still yeah. care about us but you, you kind of forget those things when you're not seeing them yeah so what are you what are you talking me through real practically what does it look like on a wednesday night yeah we shane's sermons go up or whomever's speaking goes up at seven o'clock and so we we meet at 7.30 with the house party app and we, which we did in our, all of our normal meetings at the church. We just start with highs and lows and everyone in the group talks about what's been good and what's been bad. And I think those comments that people have been feeling comfortable to mention have gotten a little deeper and a little less surface level as we've grown in relationship, which is awesome. But that's just a, that's such a, such a great way to start to see where everyone's at and kind of get a check-in on how people are feeling Mm -hmm. and then moving into discussing the message and getting a chance to bring Christ into these conversations uh, and see how they're feeling about things, whether they agree with the message, disagree with the message, things that they didn't quite understand or were they'd wanted to know more about um it's just fun to hear their perspective on things and having getting to hear each other's thoughts is i think yeah certainly helpful yeah yeah and then yeah that's cool so you guys so you you encourage your your entire small group to watch the message first and then to discuss it and have, have connection afterwards. Have you guys ever tried watching it together? Is that possible? Do you just, with, with the crew, maybe not something they'd actually, you know, commit to, or, or has this format been working pretty well? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I think if I said, Hey guys, let's all watch the message together it would they would certainly do it but without me kind of requesting that structure it'll just it'll just never happen yeah um i think you me personally just would have to set an example and set an understanding because right now there's just there's such a lack of structure in everything that people just are kind of going with the flow but if they can have some semblance of oh is this what we do cool i'm on board with that Mm -hmm. i think they i think they're very willing to jump on jump on with that so it's we're still 
working kinks out and yeah. not everyone we're not getting participation from everyone every time with the videos but i think the more which which is kind of maybe counterintuitive to what i would think with gosh they just let's just make it easy for everyone to meet let's make it really simple which i think there's value in that but i think there's also value in saying hey let's get together let's watch let's all watch the message together and it might be a little weird but i bet almost all of it all of them will be on board for, with that actually yeah yeah and not to say that's a, a higher value i was just curious um <clears throat> yeah but i like i like the i like the structure though of, of even just seven thirty. has that been saying hey every week seven thirty, hop on house party has that been pretty consistent for for the guys to jump in yeah oh for sure we sometimes we we get quite a bit of technical difficulty with some of the guys but beyond that i mean people are people are on it except for when they start the 15 minute sermon at five or 7 17 and they're a couple minutes late but (laughs) uh which i've done but yeah no they've enjoyed that and we've even just to get to see each other you know, keeping with social distancing and everything, we've even been like, hey, this week, let's just go play some golf and see yeah. each other and, yeah. and and just have fun together. And even sure. that has, even that was really, really awesome. Nice. Nice. What have you been doing with, uh, yeah. with your uh, couple small group? Yeah, we have been meeting at the same time we've actually kept that pretty consistent with what we were doing before typically yeah. we would like say hey come over anytime starting at 6 30 after we'll just catch up and then at seven o'clock we'll jump into highs and lows and then start watching the message and that that's actually stayed exactly the same as doing it over zoom we people kind of start filtering on at 6 30 and then at seven o'clock which i think i think it's just nice to if people if people jump in before seven just to have casual conversation to catch yeah. up yeah. to follow up on you know life that people mentioned last week um and then to jump into yeah we just <laughs> just always do highs and lows um no matter what i'm doing for some reason but people seem to enjoy it but just to yeah get to hear what's challenging which all just works for great prayer requests at the end um but we go through highs and lows then we watch the message uh we go we're going through a video series and so someone just shares their screen we all watch it together and then discuss afterwards cool i like that um as you've adjusted and and been intentional like this one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you and have you on it is i just love the intentionality you've had to stay consistent and to provide avenues for community and connection i think you've done a great job with that but as you've uh, as you've uh, gone through this is there anything you've learned that would encourage others in this time that you would you know maybe hacks or like hey here's th- I, once i discovered this 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 was helpful to me. Is there anything like that that you can think of that'd be just kind of a nugget to share? I think just 
doing anything. Just there's, I feel like people, there's such a desire to meet with people. Or there's such a desire out there to mm-hmm. see people or meet with people and hear how people are doing. I think there's, it's challenging to reach out at times, maybe with being self-conscious or thinking, oh no, they've got too much going on. But just right. a simple taking just a minor step, I think people jump on it. And I think this small group with high school or with the couples, I think it really just has little to do with Rach and I, but more just to do with a really big desire for people to still stay connected. But if someone doesn't take some initiative, then it it often kind of just slips through the class through the cracks, and I think that that house party app has been helpful too. That you showed us, it's just it's a fun way to you can just play games, but also video chat without really many restrictions, and it's been a great avenue for for all of us to still talk and see each other. Yeah. I hope this episode gave you some ideas on how to connect and create community right now. Every conversation I had shared a theme of taking initiative. So if you're feeling lonely or like you need community and connection, reach out to someone. I love the way Rick said it, be the person who reaches out. So find someone to reach out to today. We'd love to hear from you and how this podcast has raised questions, stirred thinking, or maybe you've got a suggestion for the next topic to cover. Email podcast at faithchapel.cc and let us know. You can also subscribe so you get every episode right when it becomes available. Until next time.